guys, welcome to the first episode, episode zero of Chicago Sports Crunch Radio on WCSN, the Windy City Sports Network. Follow us guys on Facebook or on Twitter at WCSN, the number three. Like us on our Facebook page at Windy City Sports Network. We also have recently got put on iTunes, guys, Wrestle Talk Radio. Our other show is on iTunes now. If you go to iTunes Podcasting and you end up putting uh, in the search bar Wrestle Talk Radio or Windy City Sports Network, we're on there for uh, your listening pleasure. Trying to adjust my mic here. Uh, so on iTunes, we're on iTunes, guys. So uh, check us out on iTunes, Wrestle Talk Radio, Chicago Sports Crunch again. This is our first episode. Uh, we're marking it as episode zero. Um, we're going to end up putting this on iTunes uh, shortly once we record this and put it up. We uh, uh, will be doing these about monthly. And uh, we will be talking Bulls talk today because we're so close to the playoffs. Uh, I am Big Nick again. Uh, I am uh, here with one of my special guests who is a uh, a basketball, especially a Bulls, huge Bulls fan. Uh, and that is uh, his his screen name will be Mush Jackman, like Hugh Jackman. Mush, say what's up to the guys. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. So uh, what we got going on today, guys, again, like we said, uh, we were going to talk Bulls. And uh, somewhat of what the agenda is going to look like and what I want to at least spout out about is uh, make sure we're talking about, one, playoffs, how we're looking like going into the playoffs, what seed do we think we're going to be going into the playoffs, um, are we going to stay healthy? I don't even know if we're going to be healthy or not. I mean, that's a huge question, too. So uh, we'll look at that as well. Uh, and then uh, another big part of what I want to talk about, uh, sort of, is going to be um, the future of our team. Uh, what are we going to be looking like uh, next year? There's a lot of talk of... Uh, of Mello coming here, Stevenson from Indiana. I mean, there, there's just a lot of talk going on right now uh, of who's going to be here, who's not going to be here. I want to go through contracts. I want to go through stipulations of what, what the roster is going to look like. Uh, and I've got all that in front of me. We can talk about it. But uh, plain and simple, playoffs start October – or not October. Uh, that's baseball. Uh, playoffs start April 19th, Mush. So that's like literally, what, a month away? A month away, yeah. Getting, getting close. Yeah, so uh, – when you break it down, uh, right now, uh, the playoff roster, what it looks like, and, and if you look at the, the stats, we've got, we're in fourth, so the Bulls are in fourth. Uh, you're about a half a game away from Toronto being a three seed, so it's not undoable to be a three seed, you know what I mean? So we can probably do that, right? Yes, I agree. Um, going into that, I mean, you've got Brooklyn right behind them. So Brooklyn's at a 14, and like we were talking about before the show, Mush, you said that they're red hot too, and they are red hot right yes, now. Yes, Brooklyn's playing very good right now. Good ball, good ball they're playing. I mean, you've got uh, KG over there, Pierce is over there, uh, uh, Duran is over there playing, so uh, our our beloved uh, Fighting Illini alumni over there, Duran. But uh, then you've got Washington, who I, I don't think too highly of Washington, um, but, I mean, again, they're only literally two games behind Chicago. But, 
again, whatever. Then you got Jordan's team, Charlotte, 18 games. I don't think we'll end up dropping to a 7 or 8 seed. Um, if the Bulls start doing bad, and if they do do bad, it's probably going to be because of injuries. But if they do do bad, I can see them potentially drop into a 5 or a 6 seed. But if they consistently do what they're doing right now, which is red hot, I, I think they're going to end up at 3. I, 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 they, will not, they will not reach Miami status. No. At all. I, I don't think they got the ability to get to Miami, Indiana right now. If D. Rose was on the team, we could be talking Miami, Indiana, I think. Yes. But definitely not what right now uh, um, status of, of of reaching one or two seed, I think, in the playoffs. So uh, that's the Eastern Conference. Uh, if you're looking at the Western Conference, um, I like some hidden sleepers in the Western Conference. So San Antonio, in my opinion, is old. Um, but I know a lot of people like San Antonio because they're the old guys who know how to play defense. Yeah, they know how to play defense, and when playoff time comes, they get the wins. Yeah, they're in crunch time, man. Popovich is a great coach. Uh, I mean, Dun- Ginobili. Though, the, and the thing is, too, that when you watch San Antonio, Popovich gives those guys days off a lot. Yes, I, I think that's very important for an older team. Uh, you need the rest. I mean, you need you need to sit down. You need to be well prepared for the playoffs. And I mean, they're benching these guys, and they're fifty two and sixteen right now. Oklahoma City's right behind them, and Durant's a beast. Uh, but I mean, he's a game and a half, and and that's with resting your top three guys uh, uh, in San Antonio. So I mean, overall, I think that they're doing red hot right now. And, and uh, Westbrook just got hurt uh, yesterday. I don't know how severe it is. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, he hurt his knee. I don't know how bad it is. That's going to hurt them. You know who I miss in Oklahoma? I wish we could get back Cephalosha. Yes, he was a great defender. Me and me, One, me and Mush used to watch the Bulls, and I don't know what year this was. Uh, when was the year that they did all those comebacks at the end? I think that was around 04 was the Ben Gordon late fourth quarter yeah. comebacks. Ben Gordon was there. Yeah. Cephalosha was there too, right? I believe he was. Uh, Nocioni. Andres yes. Nocioni. Yes. Who else was on there? Uh, Heinrich was there. I never liked Heinrich, the guy uh, who misses the the, the layup in, in Boston playoff. Remember the yeah, Boston playoffs? Yeah, yeah, but he's a he's a good stable player and he's a good defender. And he won't be here next year. Hopefully, I'll t- we'll talk about that later with the contract situation. But uh, we got going on. You got the Clippers in third, Houston in fourth, Portland in five, Golden State at six, Dallas at seven, and Memphis at eight. Um, I really like Golden State. Um, Inguodala, Curry. I mean, I, I think they're really good. Uh, and and Portland, they're a really good young hidden team, and I think people are not taking them for what they're worth. So in my personal opinion, I could totally see, I mean, unless Harden's on fire on Houston, I could totally see, so playoff pitcher, if playoffs start today, in the West, you would have San Antonio playing Memphis, which I think San Antonio would win, right? Yeah, but the Grizzlies are pretty tough, and they they have big size on there. Yeah, but you're looking at San Antonio, dude, old guys, veterans. No, I know, but uh, Grizzlies are a tough team, and they play they play kind of like an East team. They play good defense. Yeah, that uh, I I still can't see the Grizzlies beating them though. No, I doubt it, but yeah. I think it'll be kind of tough series. Uh, you've got Oklahoma and Dallas, Oklahoma, right? I would think. I haven't seen enough of Dallas this year, but I think they're kind of aging. Even without Westbrook, Oklahoma. Yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, and then you got, and these are the two games I like in the East. You got the Clippers and Golden State. 
Um, I, I can see Golden State upsetting them, and I would not be shocked if that did happen. But uh, again, Clippers are a really good, solid team. I'm not taking anything away from the Clippers. Uh, I, I just think that's a good upset there that could happen possibly. Yeah, they got, they uh, Golden State's got great shooters, and they got some inside presence, so they're pretty good. And uh, Clippers, uh, Blake Griffin's a beast this year. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's playing. I think he's playing much more consistent this year than other years. Yes, yes, he, I agree. He, other years he'd just have a couple good games. He'd be hot for a month. He wouldn't be hot for like a month or two. Then he'd be hot. Then he wouldn't be hot. So I mean that's great on that aspect. But uh, and then the last game in the East would be Houston and Portland. Uh, that that's a grab them for me, man. I mean I I don't know. I mean right now during the season Houston's up three one. Um, oh, I'm going to reiterate this. So. Uh, for, and this is, again, the season play for this season, 2013 to 2014. San Antonio has beat, uh, has played Memphis three times, and they've beat them three times. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma City and, da- uh, and Dallas have played each other twice, and the series is tied 1-1, which is very odd. I think that might even be a sweep uh, if it comes playoffs. The Clippers and Golden State played each other four times, and the series is 2-2. Yeah. So yeah, that's so why I'm saying that. Yeah, that is, is going to be a good series. Uh, and then Houston, Portland, which surprises me. Houston played Portland four times, uh, and Houston is up 3 1 right now. So um, I, I personally think San Antonio wins, Oklahoma wins, uh, and then I, I'm going to go Clippers, but I really think Golden State might pull it off. And then I, I'm going to pull off with Houston going with it. And, and the only reason I'm going with Houston is because uh, I think Portland is still too young. I know LaMarcus Aldridge is is doing amazing and stuff, but they've got a lot of injuries on that team. And I think when you get to the playoff time, just like Mush said with San Antonio, you need you need that uh, experience. You need that that guy that won't panic when when it's when it's crunch time. Um, you just need all of that. And um, yeah, they've been there and done that before. Yeah, and and going back, and I, I think now I'm going to say this with Coach K from Duke last night. I don't know if you've been watching a lot of the March Madness. No, but I heard uh, Duke got a... Uh, yeah, so Mer- Mercer it. beat Duke, and uh, that was a shock to me. There goes my billion-dollar bracket that I was trying to get Buffett's money. I, nah, like, lost it all. <laughs> oh, that was the game that screwed me over. Uh, actually, I have been doing well. I've only had one loss uh Going after day one of the tournament, I had one bad game, and that was the Texas-Oklahoma game. Um, and then the Mercer game just threw everything off because I had Duke going, to, I think, to Sweet 16 or Elite 8. But uh, anyways, Coach K said something about Jabari Parker, which I think was great. And my, my initial thought was, wow, Jabari Parker's stock just dropped. Take it for granted, though, he's still going to go top two in the draft. He's still going to go one or two. It's between Wiggins and Parker. So he's still going to go top two, but... That just took Parker's possibility of being the number one pick now to, you know what, Wiggins is probably going to go number two and Parker, or Wiggins is going to go number one and Parker is going to probably go number two. Um, But Coach K said something very interesting that I really, like, I I sort of wanted to stand up and applaud the guy. Um, He said for a Duke team, he did not let Mercer down and he told uh, the guys that Mercer is a championship caliber team, which I think is a joke and full of crap but um i think they just got caught with the youth but coach k said when about jabari parker when you have a freshman as the leader of your team sometimes freshmen play like freshmen and today was one of those days yeah so you got a guy who's playing his first year in ncaa basketball college ball uh he's been doing great all season there's a couple games he choked on but uh all all season and game one ncaa tournament a guy who's probably predicted to go number one in the draft and the dude has 14 points 
and like seven rebounds and chokes. And he's right. Coach K's right. I mean, the kid is talented. He's got a lot of talent, and he's going to go places in the NBA. But, I mean, you just you have a freshman that played like a freshman in his opening game in the NCAA tournament, and now he's gone out of the NCAA tournament. So um, I just thought it was a really cool remark by Coach K, and, I mean, I guess it shows why he's one of the best coaches in college basketball. Um, anyways, moving to the East. So in the East, we've got uh, the Pacers versus Atlanta. Uh, I think Pacers straight. Yeah, Pacers. They got a lot of size, and they're a tough team. They play good defense. Yeah. Now here's a question for you: Do you think by them losing Granger affected them in any way? No, not really. He wasn't. Or do you think it was an upgrade with what they got in return? No, uh, they didn't play with Granger much last year. You know, he was out. He was actually well, that's the out. Thing. The, he's he been was injured. Out, yeah, he's been out the whole year. Yeah. So they've been gelling and bonding without him, and uh, I, I don't think it hurt. Really hurt. Yeah, them too much. I don't. I, I think Gran- and, and another thing is too with Granger's. I don't. I don't think he was really good chemistry wise with the team. And I think I, I, a lot of people were shocked because he was a big name on that team. But um, I don't think he mended well with the rest of the team. I think the Pacers were just like. This is the guy we got to let go. We can get someone in return that's better than him. Yeah, well, he he was the face of the team, but Paul George started George emerging. George took over. Yeah, yeah, he emerging and uh, he's 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 the na- now yeah. Paul George he's is the face, the face of, the, of team. the team now. Yeah, he's yes. he's the face of the team right now for sure. Uh, then you got Miami and uh, Jordan's team, the Bobcats. Miami uh, right now the series four <laughs> zero. Miami beat them four times. Yeah, my yeah. Actually, I don't know if I said this. The Indiana Atlanta series for the for the uh, for the year is two one up. Uh, Indiana's up on that. So, um, all right. Third game is Toronto versus Washington. Uh, Toronto's up three one. Toronto is the surprise team for me this year. Yeah, they're playing well. Deion Rosen is playing really good. And yeah, I never thought they'd get to this level. No, no, they're surprised a yeah, lot of people. They're surprising me a lot. So I yeah. mean, you're you're looking at Toronto right now. They're leading the series three one over the Wizards uh, for the year. Again, when yeah. I'm saying series, guys, I'm not saying that the playoffs started. This is just how many times they played throughout the year. Uh, and then last but not least, if the playoffs were today, the Bulls would end up playing the Brooklyn Nets, uh, and the Bulls lead that series two one. But the Nets are on fire, and that's a scary. Yeah, Nets are on fire, and they got a lot of old guys who are gelling right now. In the in the first half of the season, it was difficult for them, but they're playing real well now, and I think that's going to be a tough series for the Bulls. So I think personally, I think once I think the Bulls will end up beating Brooklyn, but it might go seven games. They're going to get exhausted, and they probably might even have injuries too as well because they're all beat up. Yeah, it's going to be a tough series. And then if we win, then that means we would end up going to play the Pacers in the second round, which obviously then I think the Pacers would take us out. And then the Heat would beat the Raptors. And then you'd end up seeing a, another conference final of Miami versus Indiana. Um, I, I don't I don't know if they could beat – I don't think they can beat Miami, man. I think it might go six games, though. Six, seven games, it might go. Did last year go seven games? Yes. Last year won seven games. It was a really tough series for Miami. Because uh, Pacers got a lot of size, and that's Miami's weakness. They don't rebound real well, but the thing is, they don't miss a lot of shots yeah, either. Hibbert, Hibbert was the one that was beating the hell out of them, right? Yes, Hibbert was. Yes. Hibbert and David West was playing very good against yeah, them Yeah, but too. they also have Odom, that big seven-footer that never played in like three, four years, Miami. Yeah, I mean... That's who can, what, who could, that's, I think they picked them up for that reason. Exactly. Because they, they need a body to put up against Hibbert. Yes, they picked them up because of their size deficiency, and... Uh, they're gonna they're gonna try to use them. It's gonna be a good Hibbert. war. That'll probably be the best game of the entire NBA playoffs, even the finals. I think. 
Yeah, usually the conference final games are really contested because the teams know each other. They play each other a lot. So Yeah, and then I think bottom line, whoever w- wins the East, in my opinion, is going to end up winning the whole thing. I mean, I think right now. So let's go. Let's go back to the West. So if if San Antonio wins, they would end up playing. Uh, they'd end up playing Houston, and I think that would be a rough game for San Antonio. I think so. I mean, you got Howard, you got Harden, Harden. you got some, and, and you got Parsons. I mean, Houston plays pretty good, and they they play fast, and they're a much younger team. Yeah, and then if then the other game would be then Oklahoma City and the Clippers. I think Oklahoma could probably beat the Clippers on that aspect. Um, and then you might have then Houston and maybe Oklahoma, and then Oklahoma going to the finals against whoever wins the Pacers in Miami. I mean, I personally think Oklahoma's the best and the hottest team I think that should win. That's if everyone's healthy out of the West, and then it should be Oklahoma versus either Miami or the Pacers. But I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Pacers in Miami could beat Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma's a good team, but sometimes in the playoffs – I like the old-fashioned teams with the the centers and the size. You know, oh, down I'm rooting for San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, because I mean the playoff games are a lot slower. They're not like as much running where Oklahoma likes to do. So, you know, you, those big centers, those physical guys, power forwards, they they play a role in the playoffs. Yeah, they definitely do. But uh, uh, it's going to be very, very interesting, guys. It's going to be something to uh, to look forward to. I am actually excited uh, to see that. Um, the playoffs are probably less than a month away, so uh, it's going to be really exciting to see. Um, I grew up in a day, uh, an age of when the Bulls won the six championships. Yes, and uh, me and Mush were part of a, uh, of of a neighborhood where we grew up in, where every day the Bulls played in the in the in the playoffs or the finals. I don't care if if the game ended at eleven thirty at night, we would go to the local school and we'd be playing outdoor outdoor basketball until like one in the morning because we were so hyped up that the Bulls won. Jordan did this, Pippen did that, and uh, we'd be playing until one in the morning. Remember that in in, in summer? Yes, yes. Their adrenaline, their wins carried over to us, and we we had a lot of fun. With yeah. Them. So I mean, I I think that when when this to me when when basketball playoffs start. I remember that, and that's why I get into the basketball playoffs a lot more. Yeah, forty days and thirty nights. Remember when it was thirty days and thirty nights? Yeah, man, it's they got some good games, and uh, there can be some spoilers, uh, especially the West. They're very competitive. They're very competitive. Yes. So uh, the last schedule uh, for first. Here's the funny thing to know: Um, you've got the this year's season leaders is Derrick Rose still at fifteen point nine for points per game. Which is sort of sad. He only played ten games. Oh man, um, Augustine's got to be close to that. Ain't yes, he? and I'll go into that. Uh, then you've got rebounds per game, eleven point three. Noah, who's on fire? Assists per game, Noah. Wow, five point one. That's unheard of. Your Look center at, leading the team in yeah, assists. You can see it. I'm not lying. Five point one. Wow. Um, blocks per game, one and a half. And then you got Jimmy Butler with steals per game. Um, now the the last game is going to be on the 16th of April, and that's against Charlotte. And then, I mean, if you're looking at strength of schedule, which I pulled up to look at this because I really wanted to see that. Um, Not payroll. Where did it go? Strength of schedule was one of the best in in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I just wanted to make sure we reiterate that because – uh, I, I think people don't realize that that the Bulls got one of the easiest schedules right now for the rest of the year going into the playoffs, uh, and I think the hardest in the East was the Pacers. 
Yes, and you know they they I believe they played a play uh, Pacers this Monday. Also, they just lost to them yesterday, and uh, hopefully they can do oh, better. They can do better at a uh, home court. So out of the playoffs, if you're going to grab the eight, you're looking at a Bulls difficulty of schedule at a a point four zero, which is the lowest right now. Well, they need it. Yeah, and then you're looking at Indiana at a .53, which is going to be the hardest schedule going into the playoffs. New York, which is a nine seed, has a .52, so you can probably kill them. Everyone else that's like out of the playoffs has one of the hardest schedules go- coming in right now. So um, the only other team that's close to having a really uh, weak schedule is Toronto. So, I mean, we'll be going at it with Toronto on that aspect. But And then if you look at the West, look at the West. They're all difficult. I mean, poor Minnesota. Look at who is this? Denver. Poor Denver. Yeah. Toughest schedule for an entire NBA going into the. Well, they play each other a lot, and the West is uh, they're all competitive. I mean, yeah. So overall, I mean, the schedule or the season again done uh, August sixteenth. The uh, then they start uh, the playoffs on or not August April uh, April sixteenth, and then the playoffs start on April nineteenth. Uh, and then again, things things are going to change. I mean, the Bulls can go to three seed. I think as high as a three seed, uh, we'll go from there. I mean, I I I I don't necessarily see them going too deep. And the reason I don't see them is because right now with all the injuries, I mean, you really, I mean, Noah was hurt a big part of the season too, or not Noah Butler. Yes, Butler was. So I mean, Noah's. I personally think Noah's sort of beat up and 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 tore down right now. Yeah, he's he's been playing a lot. I mean, if and see the problem is the Bulls don't blow out too many teams. They can't put their backups in there to rest these guys a lot. They need some rest coming into the playoffs. Yeah, they, and it's they they use Tibbs is a great coach. I just think he, I think he overworks his guys way too much during the season. But again, part of that too is because you really don't have a depth and bench. You only have two guys. That you can use, and going back to what you were saying, uh, Mush asked me earlier, why why don't they use Tony Snell anymore? Right, it seemed like he was getting some playing time, but uh, now it tapered off. I think his outside shooting could spread the floor for the Bulls, and he's a pretty good defender. He's got a lot of links. Yeah, and and I and, and to answer that, I don't know why they're not playing Tony Snell a lot more, but um, it's just, I, I think they should. Um, I just don't know if he thinks his maybe defense is weak, which is usually what Tibbs thinks when he's starting to bench. I mean, what's the biggest reason he's benching Boozer? Yes, because his defense. Yeah, he says the guy can't play defense after the third period. So that's it might be, and he just hasn't said yet, the reason I'm not playing Snell is because, one, he's young. This is his first year, and he's just not good defensively. I'd rather put someone in there that's better defensively uh, than offensively right now. Well, right, he's he's kind of new, you know, so he's got to get into the system a little more, but I think he's going to be a good player for the Bulls. All right, so stats, and this is going to go back to my uh, Nate Robinson uh, uh, quote that I used to say. So I'm a, I'm a firm believer that I thought Nate Robinson was always garbage. People no. always told me, Nick, you're wrong, he's good. And my philosophy was this, Thibodeau's offensive structure and the way the Bulls are run is for the point guard to have the main exposure of the team. What does that mean? The point guard will have the most points shot or most baskets shot. They'll have the most uh, uh, plays driven for the point guard to get more opportunity to shoot the basketball. That's just plain and simple, and it was focused around Derrick Rose, and that's the way our offense was structured for, right? Yes, but I think Nate Robinson had his place. He's very explosive. I think he's a good bench player. I think he's a good role player. The guy can get you points. Yeah, his his, his it, size it, it, might have been a defensive liability, I know, but 
he, but it he, wasn't as good as his his stats were over exaggerated. Well, he shouldn't have scored the points he did, and here's the reason why: when he was on Boston, did he do anything good? Well, not like he had on the Bulls. When he was on the Knicks, did he do anything good? Not like that. But and his, uh, now he's, he's always on Denver. Is yeah, he but a good he got year? hurt. He got hurt. Yeah, but before he got hurt. Well, so here's my here's my thing where I, I like to say now. So now look at DJ Augustine. Yeah, DJ Augustine has filled that role, but DJ Augustine is a very explosive player. He is, but he got cut by like three teams. I know, but he was picked high, uh, very low and very early in the draft. So if you take D Rose out of our stats right now for the entire season, DJ Augustine leads the teams in points, fourteen point three. Yeah, well. You know, he's got some space. You know, once he's got some space, the guy's very explosive. And he's a pretty good outside shooter. What's his three-point shooting and outside? It's, I remember it's like 40% or? Uh, Three-point DJ Augustine, yeah, 41%. Forty yeah. The round off, 42%. Yeah, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good clip. Yeah, it, it is. So Boozer's in second at 14 points. Then you got Taj Gibson at 13.2. Uh, Butler at a 13 uh, Noah at a 12. So, I mean, really, there's really no, like, guy that's pulling away with the points on the team. It's just uh, everyone's really close. It's double digits. Everyone's between, like, the 11 and 14 points per game uh, there. Um, the, uh, uh, Rebound-wise, total, uh, you're looking at, uh, wow, uh, Noah's leading the team, obviously, with 11.3, but Boozer's up there, 8.5. Yeah, Boozer's a great rebounder also. He... Doesn't get some of the credit he deserves. Yeah, and you got Taj at seven. Uh, what really shocked me was the, the the assists per game, which is Noah five point one. Second place is Augustine with five uh, five assists per game. Yeah, well, what they're doing now a little bit, they're running some of the offense through Noah. They're putting him at the top of the key, and the cutters are uh, the guards are cutting to the basket, and Noah's got great vision. He gets some of those balls, and they get a lot of easy layups that way. Yeah. All right. So uh, favorite part of what I want to talk about, payroll. Yes. All right. So Derek Rose, we've got signed through the 2016-17 season. Uh, he's getting, right now, he's getting $17 million, $18 million next year, $20 million in 2015, $21 million in 2016. That's a lot of, that's a lot of dough, a lot of money. Wow, yeah. Uh, guaranteed money per the bird rights, which is the, the act that you're guaranteed this money. Um, he's going to get paid $77,911,000. Wow. So in any case, I, I really hope he comes back healthy. And I'm not a D-Rose fan. I know my friends know that. Um, I, I know now that we're doing these podcasts. Uh, I just want to make that public. I, I like D-Rose as a player, but I just – I just feel that because he's so injury prone right now, business is business. And as an organization, you have to look for your future. And if you're going to continue to have a guy who now has both knees shot out, you cannot focus on this player being your middle man of your offense. And, and the guy who's going to get, he's not going to come back the way he used to be. He's not going to be the D Rose of his MVP season. And I mean, the bottom line is you can't feel bad for the guy because it's a business and the bulls need to do something. Now, um, wild bill is one of our hosts for Russell talk radio. Um, he was supposed to be here for this show as well too, but he couldn't be here. So that's why, uh, uh, most Jackman filled in for him. So uh, what we ended up doing is um, he made a really sort of interesting comment. Um, he said that D. Rose 
um, might want to play shooting guard next year. And my initial thought was, he's too short. He can't. And here's my other thing. Wait, a shooting guard usually um, shoots more, cuts to the basket more, you know what I mean, more than a point guard would do. But if you look at the Bulls' system, the Bulls' system is for the point guard to do that and for the shooting guard to just shoot a majority of the time. I mean, you never see Butler. He does, but he doesn't cut to the basket like a Michael Jordan would or another shooting guard. So in a way, if the Bulls stick with Tibbs and the Bulls, I think, um, go with the offensive scheme that we currently have, I, I don't see I don't see that being a bad idea of moving him to shooting guard. Again, some teams, if certain players could come in, he could defensively probably, it might hurt us. Right, he could. It's a, it's going to be matchups. If you got a guard who's six seven, yeah, six six, and likes to use his size, no, then I don't think you can put D rolls on him. But if you know, it's matchups. It depends on the player he's guarding. I don't know if he can be. You're shooting guard every day. They can probably run it once in a while. You can have DJ in there, and Rose is a very explosive player. But I don't think I don't know about doing it for uh, all the time use. Yeah, and and I think if they did decide to do something like that, because now we're going to be starting to talk about contracts in future. Um, so say you move D Rose into into the shooting guard position, um, then that means you would force Butler, which is his true position, small forward. And yeah, then, and he'll be a little undersized there. Yeah, and then you end up moving up Boozer Amnesty. And, and, and to talk about Boozer, um, $15, uh, $15 million cap hit. Um, this year, 15.3. Next year, he's $16.8 million. So you free him up right now, and that means you're freeing up about a good chunk of money there. I mean, that, that's big money that we can use. So, I mean, I would say, and here's my other reason you've got Taz Gibson who right now is making $8 million, eight and a half next year, eight, $9 million in 2016. You've got Taj Gibson tied up until 2017. He should be a starter. He would have been an all-star on any other NBA team right now. But because we got Boozer, we're using him off the bench. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so, I mean, save the money, save the $16 million, put Taj as your starting power forward. That's half the money, $8 million. You're getting half of what you're paying Boozer. Right. I mean, Taj really emerged this year. I mean, he, he's been a great defender, a great rebounder, but he's improved, vastly improved his offensive game now. He's got a lot of moves now on the offense. So yeah. he's, a, he's a really good player for the Bulls. Yeah, so I mean, so then if you're looking at that, um, I, I'm, I'm a huge Noah fan. I, I, I tell people all the time, uh, you will never find a center. And what, what's his height, 6'11", 7 foot? Yes. So you'll never find a center in the NBA right now that's a seven-footer that can run like him, that has the agility like him, that can play defense like him, that can score when he wants to score like him, and that most importantly, what I like about it, and he in a way reminds me of Dennis Rodman a little bit, Doesn't you won't find a center that has heart and passion to play the game like him. Yeah, he has a motor. The guy has a motor that doesn't stop. Yeah, he's like I mean, Rodman. Rodman, remember, used to do those dives vertically like never would stop. Yes, yes. I mean, Noah plays his heart out every single game. Yeah. You don't see this guy dog it ever. I mean, ever. this guy, he's fun to watch, and I'm glad we got yeah. him. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the guy staple of the team. So, in my opinion, Noah's your center. Your power forward is Taj Gibson is starting. Uh, then you got uh small forward would be Jimmy Butler. And then if D-Rose comes back, we'll, and the here's the good thing, and I, I was sort of, 
I sort of didn't like this in the beginning when I heard it that he was going to play for Team USA in the summer, but I actually do like it now because then we'll see him and it'll give Chicago Bulls fans uh, an opportunity to see D. Rose and how he's going to be before he comes to play the season with us. Yes, I think it's a good idea. They said last year he did not play physical, any one-on-one or physical games, and then he just kind of got thrown into the season. You know, it's. It, I think it's a good idea. I think it's going to prepare him for the upcoming season. And the good thing is when you're playing world, uh, like the Team USA world teams, honestly, they're all they're all horrible. So it's almost like they're playing high school teams. So it's good, though, because they're getting contact. So they're playing physical games, you know what I mean? But they're not good talent. Right, right. He's going he's gonna to get his body back in shape, and he's going to get the confidence of playing a physical game. So when the season comes, it won't be like as new to him. He'll yeah. be already in the condition and the shape and his mindset. The confidence will be there. So with that, then, you'll end up having uh, – a big decision to do for Paxson and Gar Foreman, and I think that big decision is if they do decide to go that route, you've got two draft picks this year. You you might have to draft a point guard because if you move D Rose to a shooting guard, then that means you change your entire plan, and you have to draft a point guard that more than likely may have to start the game for you. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think they're going to put D Rose as a permanent. Uh, shooting I think guard. it's a good fix, though. I mean, it's just the def- the the height for the defense. Yeah, I that, mean, that I, I've hurt. never seen. Have you ever seen an NBA team run with two point guards in a way, like two short guards? No, no. I mean, I seen them come off the bench, you know, and they'll they'll play them. Tibbs sometimes, a lot of times, will play uh, Heinrich and uh, Augustine together. Yeah. But you know, it's it depends who the other teams got in there too. All right, so back to contracts. Noah worth the money. Uh, we got him through the 2016 se- or to- we got him th- through the 2016 season. Uh, he's making 11 million this year, 12 next year, and 13.4 uh, in 2015. Uh, thank God, and I hope he never comes back to Chicago unless he takes like a million dollar uh, a contract. Um, Kurt Heinrich gone after this year, and we need that money. So if you free up the 16.8 from Boozer and you free up Heinrich's money, he's making four million. You got 20 million dollars right there to spend. Yeah, well, me, I like Kurt Heinrich. I think he's a good defensive player. I think he knows the system. I mean, I wish he was sometimes a little better outside shooter, but uh, I think he's a good player for the Bulls. Dunleavy, I love. Uh, I don't want to lose the guy. I've heard rumors, though, that they're saying if they're going to get Mello into the team, that they would have to not resign Heinrich. They have to let go of Dunleavy or trade him, and then Boozer needs to get amnesty to bring uh, Mello over to the team. Yeah, I'm I'm also a big fan of Mike Dunleavy. Uh, I think he's a very good player. The guy's fundamentally sound. He's got a lot of height too, and he can. He play. reminds me of Bellinelli a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and I wish we had Bellinelli too. Yeah, he was he was a scorer. He was a scorer. He, yeah. he could be streaky. He could score a lot of points quickly. Yeah. So we got Tony Snell uh, on the cheap. So we've got him until at least 2017, and we've got him for max pay of $2.3 million. So that's not bad. And I do see potential in Snell. I just think that this year the reason I think he's not getting played as much where he was before and not now is I think it's def- defensive issues. And I think Tibbs will work with him on that in the offseason. So I'm hoping he comes back. I mean, look at Jimmy Butler. Remember the first year Jimmy Butler came in? He was off the bench, never played one second. No, no. Jimmy Butler was a bench warmer the yeah, first year. Yeah, and then second year, all of a sudden, boom, star. Yeah, and he's a starter now. So, I mean, you know, the guy worked hard, and he got the starting role. Although I wish he was doing a little better this yeah, year. Yeah, I, I think he's not playing at what the capacity that he should have been playing at. And we, we're not getting 
near what he was doing last year. No, I mean, defensively, the guy plays great. I mean, that game against uh, Heat a couple days ago or a week ago, uh, he he's played great defense against LeBron. Yep. But I, he's got to do a little better offensively for the Bulls because the Bulls really lack on the offensive side. So Butler we have for one more year, uh, and Butler is getting paid right now $2 million. I saw Butler uh, actually on Roosevelt. And what street is that other street? Um, Clinton. Okay. And he was in a black Lamborghini uh, by himself, windows down, uh, blaring music. Uh, and it was like about four something in the morning or something like that. Wow. Just weird. I was like, wow, this is nuts. Um, anyway, nice and, to be rich. and it said Jay Butler on it. So that's how you know it was Jimmy Butler's place, say Jay Butler. But um, so, anyways, uh, you've got Butler for $2 million. We got him until next year. Uh, DJ Augustine, seven hundred and fifty-five thousand dollars. That is one. That's that's a good contract. But again, his contracts end at the end of the season, so his contract is uh, done. And then I, I like DJ a lot. And no matter who we get in the draft, or if D Rose plays point, I really think, especially if you lose Heinrich, you need DJ Augustine on your team. Yes, you need DJ Augustine. DJ Augustine was a Bulls savior this year. Yeah. I mean. The Bulls were going down. They were under 500. When he came on the team, he really gave them that spark they need, that confidence, that that scoring that they desperately need. So I think definitely uh, they need to do something. And right when the season is done, they have to sit down and get a contract with DJ Augustine, sign him for another two-year contract or something, but we need him on the team. Um, the guy I can't stand that we ended up picking up, and I don't know why, we actually have to pay him $333,000 until 2016, Rip Hamilton. Because he had that guaranteed contract, and that still hits our contract. Wow! So this guy is like milking it. He's getting three hundred thousand dollars a year out of us. So <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that is good. I wouldn't mind having that deal either. So, um, and then uh, Nikolai Miritich, who um, I watch. Um, I actually have European TV, so I've actually seen some of uh, some of his games. Um, and you can actually go online and look at some of his stuff. Uh, Nikolai is really, really good. Uh, the reason you're seeing money there. Uh, Mush is because he is actually an unsigned draft pick, and there's a cap hold money that you have to hold money for him, so you can have continue to keep having his rights. Oh, okay. So he plays right now overseas for Real, and he actually played with Ricky Rubio. Um, and and uh, the guy, um, the guy is a six eleven guy. Um, he runs fast. I, in honesty, he reminds me a little bit of Noah the way he runs up and down the court. Um, the guy has been compared to Dirk Nowitzki three-point shot. So he's in a 6'11 guy that's got a three-point shot. If he came to the Bulls today, he would be our best three-point shooter, probably better than D. Rose. So this guy can lights out on the three-point line. I saw this guy miss maybe four times in like the ten games I've seen him play on the three-point line. Right, right. Um, defensively, that's the problem. And the I've seen the guy, he's like a boozer. He would just give up. Like one guy would do a good move, and he just flew right by him, and this this kid wouldn't even try to play defense on him. He just gave up. So Yeah, I don't think they play as physical in the European leagues as yeah. we do here so in the States. He's making right now, I heard, about 6 to $7 million uh, in Real, and that's one of the reasons he did not come three years ago to Chicago or the NBA. It's because if you sign him now, he can't make more than, I think, like $2 million or whatever, and it's a big pay cut for him. Um, but the thing is, he won the MVP in the Spanish league and in Europe three years in a row. 
So he's like a Tony Kukoc type hype player. And we all remember, well, Tony Kukoc is my favorite player of all time, NBA. So I, I, I love Tony. When I played, what number did I wear? Seven. Number seven. Yep, Tony Kukoc. Um, and um, my personal thought is, if here's the thing: you lose ball. If you lose, you amnesty Boozer. You get rid of Heinrich. You got twenty million dollars right there. Uh, you lose those guys and a couple of the low grade people. I mean, bottom line is you got about twenty million dollars. Is Mello coming here? I heard rumors that they said D Rose and Noah were talking to him offline. Yeah, I heard. I heard. I heard. Noah was talking to him. He saw him at you know at the All Star yeah. game. I would love for him to come here. Um, here's the only thing I, I'm not really excited about. He is old. So if Carmelo does come to Chicago, what is he, 34, 35? I'm not sure. I think he may be a little younger than that, but I believe he is in his 30s. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's so, in his 30s. All right, so let's 30s. say 33. So you sign him now at 33 years old, and then, I mean, you're probably only going to get three good years out of him. I, mean, I guess if you sign him for three years and that's it. Yeah, but what do you want to come now? Was Phil Jackson running things? Maybe, yeah, maybe that's the thing. You don't maybe, know if he's going to talk him into staying. Right? Maybe he's got some renewed vigor to stay there and thinking uh, things are going to change now. Was well, Jackson at running things a little bit? Uh, here's my issue with that. I think that um, unless you do like a big three signing, like Boston did, and all this stuff, uh, New York's going to have to do like some math. Unless LeBron comes to New York, which I, I don't. Hey, Phil Jackson might talk to LeBron. And say, hey, come to New York. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's New York's a huge market, but you've got Amari there, which means that they would have to cut ties with Amari. They don't have the money there either, because you, you you can't bring LeBron at full scale. You have to resign Carmelo. He's not a, he's a free agent. You know what I mean? Right. That's forty right. million right there, and then you got Amari at max pay. So that means you need to lose Amari then and get him out of town. So I, I don't know what they're going to do, but either way, I would love to have. I would, I would like to see Carmelo come here. Um, if he doesn't, um, I still say go with the starting lineup that I said before and then sign Nikolai Miritich, bring Nikolai Miritich into town, and then you use him as the backup to Taj Gibson for the beginning. It's good to give Nikolai at least two to three years of bench work so he can get used to the NBA. I mean, the kid is only 27 years old. So that means at 30, he'll be primed to start. And he's still, that's pri- the prime of your years. And then at that point, Taj Gibson's contract will be done. And if we decide we don't want to be with Taj or whoever, then you've got N- Nikolai Miritich as your starter. Yeah, yeah. And you got that side. And he's 6'11". So you can use him to back up Noah maybe. Right, right. But he doesn't got the beef, I think, to, to push people in the paint. That's the problem. Right. I haven't seen a lot of them. He may, you know, it sounds like he's more of a kind of a center who plays mid-range. Like a lot of your, those European guys, some of them play yeah. like that they can do the outside they can do many different things so i i'm just right now uh i think we're going to be i'm going to be very excited to see what happens in the nba playoffs uh there's two uh drafts right now that i'm really looking forward to the bears with they did some great signings too in the offseason i'm excited uh and then the bulls the nba i want to really see what two guys we're going to bring in uh, and that's why I really love March Madness right now, too, because you get to see some of these guys playing that we potentially can might pick. You know what I mean? That's why I love March Madness so much. Yes, yes. You see, you can see the future, you know. Sweet. So, um, playoff, uh, April 19th. Uh, we'll see what happens. My prediction is we'll probably end up at around a 3-4 seed. Um, I don't see us going past the second round. I mean, you think the same thing? Well... I think the Bulls play. They can play Indiana tough. I mean, I know they lost last night to them, but 
but they played them tough the first half. I don't think they can probably won't beat them, but I think they match up. They're a similar team. I, I would love to. I'd love to see upsets. And believe me, I'll be the guy rooting for them. I, I don't want them to lose. I want them to go. Yeah, me too. But uh, they're a similar team. But uh, Indiana's got a little more firepower. You know, they got Paul George, and uh, but uh, I think the Bulls will play them tough. But I don't know. I doubt they can beat them. Yeah. Then we've got uh, obviously we talked about the future of the team, guys, and that's going to be very exciting to see what happens. Uh, I'm. I'm a guy who really likes to play like the GM type of person, so uh, really interesting to see what's going to happen, to see if Melo's going to come, uh, see what they do for the draft picks, who we're bringing in. Does does D-Rose play shooting guard? That is a very interesting scenario, and uh, a lot more that the, the team can do, see D-Rose play in the offseason in the summer with Team USA. It, it's going to be a really exciting, I think, season off season and uh, obviously see what happens next year as well too. Uh, don't forget that there's rumors of Stevenson too from Indiana possibly coming over as well, not just the Mellow. So there's a lot of possibilities out there, guys, a lot. But in any case, uh, we'll probably be coming back to you guys and uh, talking about uh, playoffs, closer to the playoffs or probably right after the season ends so, so that we've got the locked and loaded playoff rosters in and everything so we know who's playing who so we can make solid predictions on all that stuff. Right. We know for sure who's going to play who. Yeah, and then uh, I'll convince uh, Mush Jackman to come back again, and uh, uh, hopefully Wild Bill will be with us too at that point, so we'll have a trio here. Yeah, I had fun. Uh, thanks for having me, Nick. So no problem, man. Uh, always good to see you. Always good to have you here. Uh, again, guys, uh, I just want to throw out some uh, some things just to make sure that you guys are spreading the word here. Uh, if you guys are following us on our Facebook and our Twitter, just like I said, uh, we're a podcast team here that just started literally in February. Um, we knew nothing about any of this stuff. We just came out and said, you know, this is a bunch of, of neighborhood guys that hung out with each other. We always talk sports, and we just decided, you know what, one day, why don't we just make a podcast and talk about what we talk about on a daily basis, and it's the sports we love, and, and specifically local sports uh, in the city of Chicago. But we'll also talk about national sports, which would be NBA, and NFL, uh, um, NHL, MLB, across the whole thing. We'll talk about it all. But um, we started in February, guys. We're here right now. Um, follow us on Twitter at WCSN, the number three. Uh, f- like us on our Facebook page at Windy City Sports Network. Uh, this is, guys, Chicago Sports Crunch Radio on WCSN, the Windy City Sports Network. There's also a Wrestle Talk Radio on WCSN. Wrestle Talk is on iTunes right now. So if you guys would like to follow that show until we finally get uh, Chicago Sports Crunch up and running and on the TV, that would be uh, pretty cool. Um, but uh, spread the word, guys. Tell as many people as you can. Um, we're trying to hit it hard, and uh, we're trying to make it fun for you guys. They have something different to listen to uh, than the ordinary on a daily basis. If you guys can, please comment, email us. Uh, you can email us at Chicago Sports Crunch Radio, WCSN at gmail.com or at Windy City Sports Network at gmail.com. Follow us, guys. Like us. Comment. Tell us anything you guys can, good or bad. Uh, we'll take it and uh, we'll run with it. Uh, have a good rest of the NBA season and we'll see you guys when you guys, uh, when we're getting into playoffs. Go Bulls. Yep. Go Bulls, guys.